0: These are The Things We Do Podcast, a podcast about film, life, television, culture, mental health and all that fun, jazzy stuff. Today I've got my special guest and friend, Claudia Butters. Hello.
1: Hi. Hi. Hey. <laughs> how are you? I'm good. It's so good to see you again.
0: I know. It's been a while. Um, how Like, so, because I know who you are and you that do. is generally, yeah, it's, <laughs> I know, who, but I mean like the general audience out there in the world, you know, whether it was apparently people in America list. <laughs> Hello, uh, hello, <laughs> the you. audience in America. Um, so how would you describe what you do and, and a bit about yourself and your background?
1: Well, I do a couple of things. I would say the main thing I do for money is I do what's called second ACing. So I work in the film industry. Um, I've been working on a bunch of TV shows, on some movies, and essentially second ACing is working in the camera department in a technical role you're looking after the gear, you're slating, you're doing a lot of fun things. Um, And usually you're working like on the Hollywood style movies. So it's like really fun. It's great for networking. You learn a lot. And through that, I've been able to do what I wanna do, which is photography and filming, which I've been doing quite a lot. Um, I do like a lot of landscape. I've done some exhibition shows with photography. I'm shooting a bunch of short films. So, yeah, I kind of just do anything that's related to film uh, and creativity on the side for fun. And then my, you know, it's great that I can also work with the greats and, like, learn from them and see how they also do it. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Because
0: <laughs> you, where did this whole journey start for you? Was it very much photography or was it kind of like you know, young Claudia watching TV and going, this is what I want to do.
1: Young Claudia was on a different path. Oh, really? Young Claudia was actually uh, into music. I actually did classical piano for my entire life since I was three. And then I, on the side for fun, because I was an extracurricular kid, I was in many bands, but I also did something called Shopfront, which is theater for young people, which I purely did because my friends did and it was super fun. You could just stick around for three hours. Yeah. But at some point they introduced a like film workshop and you did that, you know, once a week. Yeah. And instead of making a little theater performance, you just made like a little short film. And they definitely were very strange and theaterish in presentation but it definitely was the first bug for me where I was like, this is very fun. Like this yeah. is way more fun to me. And that was something like, I really got into way more than I'd ever had before. And while I was doing music, I was kind of realizing it's really hard and it makes me sad and I don't want to do it anymore. So there was just this turning point when I went to uni where I was like, actually, I think this is my passion. I don't think it's music. Wow! So I did a total, total 180.
0: So you just went, nah, I'm done.
1: Yeah, wow. which was very stressful for when you're 17 and you think your entire life is based on this one decision.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and then you just kind of reevaluate everything. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because, like, th- when did you graduate from uni? When was that kind of like done for you?
1: <laughs> I didn't graduate. You're <laughs> <laughs> just like, nah. I did two years of art school. Um, oh, focused in film. And then I was like, "This also sucks." <laughs> so I didn't drop out per se. I just went on a hold. Yeah. Um, I deferred for a year, and in that year, I actually went to Afters, which is Australian Film Television Radio School. Oh. And I did uh, at the same time a diploma in camera, and then a diploma in editing. So those could work together. So you could do two at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So, and it was really fun. It was a lot more focused on exactly the thing I wanted to do because when I was at uni, I just didn't like that when I was like, I want to do a film course that still involved doing like projects in sound and animation and art history. And I was like, I'm just not interested in these things. I don't feel like they're getting me to my end goal here. So again, it was more like just walking away for a bit to see, what else there was out there, and also just breaking down that you don't need to go to uni to be successful in what you're interested in. So I have just done a lot of learning of like breaking the norm of what you think you need to do. And yeah, I ended up not going back to uni because I was like, I want to do this. This this specifically thing, film production, this is what I'm interested in. And through that, I managed to get a few internships and then it just spiraled. I just kept getting wow, okay. offers slowly.
0: Where, where did it feel, because there must have been a point where you were kind of like, you know, self-networking and sort of like doing a lot of it yourself. Yeah. And then, you know, building up a social media presence and all that stuff. It's it's a bit of an like, interesting <laughs> game.
1: It is, especially like. I actually think I'm probably not even the best at networking. Like I don't see myself as someone who's subscribed to hustle culture and like on the grind every day. There was definitely a lot of awkward cold emails I sent that definitely never got <laughs> replied to. Yeah. Um but you know at the beginning I just was quite lucky to meet a really lovely female DP, Tanya Lambert. I love oh. you. <laughs> you are the love of my life. Um she just saw that I was an interested young kid and Brought me on the next one, and through that, like an AC who is still my friend today was just like, mm, You're not an idiot. Wow. <laughs> and, and just, you know, he, maybe one time he mentioned me, got me on something else. And again, a bunch of emailing and feeling sorry for myself. And it just, it was definitely slow at first. Like it'd be like one job every couple of months. So, like, I was, you know, still working as a bartender during yeah. a lot of that time. And then there was just a point where I just thought, I think I can focus all my time on this, you know? And it, it, it worked out. It's hard to say. It's such a strange industry because it really is all based on who you know. And once you get that in, it's just like making sure you take every opportunity. Yeah, Like being humble, It's Not, I, you know?
0: Yeah, it's a very like, um and, and something I sort of say, to a lot of people and sort of is, is it's a very anxiety-driven <laughs> industry because a lot of the time, you're everyone who works in this industry, a lot of people have, you know, stresses and worries and whether or not they're good enough and all this yep. stuff. And also a set environment is very high turnaround. You've got to be very precise at m- moments. It's It's a very... Like constantly, you see those great photos right at the end of the day. Everyone's joking around and everything, but most of the time, everyone's just standing around looking really serious, going, "Hmm, is that yeah. good? Yeah, <laughs> did I fuck up, or is this gonna go south?" Yeah. Um. See, so yeah, like, how did how do you sort of kind of like channel that anxiety away? You know, when you're on set, or at least kind of like presenting. or do you, are you very upfront with your like who you are when you go for jobs and stuff?
1: Ah. Uh, well, the thing is, I think you have to be a type of person to work in specifically film production, which is you have to strive in high stress environments. And I just don't think that's for everyone, but I think that's okay. Like as long as you can be honest with yourself about the type of person you are, because at the end of the day, it's very difficult. Like the hours are insane when you're on full time, you know, like my boyfriend, he was, he literally (laughs) signed off on a 75 hour week over four days. Wow. So calculate how many days, like how many hours in one day that is. Like the overtime on a 10 hour day, which is actually a 10 hour, 45 minute day, plus picking up vans, you know, doing pre-calls, doing posts, like it's really exhausting physically and mentally. Uh, So you do have to be like honest with yourself that you can deal with that, but, and I think I am someone who like, I I really like the challenges of that. Yeah. And I think actually for me, I'm probably like the least stressed on set because it's kind of like, you just laser focus in. I'm like, what do I need to do? Like you kind of become like a little machine, but I kind of, I don't know, I strive off that energy. Cause you're just like, you, you're just so insanely focused. And it, it's yeah. a kind of a good feeling almost. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to explain because I think someone would hear that and be like, that sounds shit. (laughs) I don't want to do that.
0: (laughs) I I think I think so. But it's 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 not shit at all because it's it's yeah, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, a lot of people don't realize how long the days are. And a lot of the time, it, you know, it's not. An, and when we say long days, it's sometimes not even just like running around doing stuff. Sometimes it's just waiting around for light or, yeah. you know, natural light where you're using yeah. all day. Yeah. Um, prime example is uh, whenever you're using, um, you know, you've got a sunny day, it starts out sunny, then yeah. it goes cloudy. And then yeah. you're just going to uh, go wait for the clouds to go. Yeah. And you just, your brain is always thinking about something yeah. new. So. Yeah. I think a lot of people, when we describe it as an external point, mm. go, that's real shit. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's really, there's a element of fun to it. It's like you're it putting is. together a puzzle. Yeah. And it's a very bizarre.
1: Well, I think also the main reason why you're so, like people do love it, like you have to love your mm. job, is because if you're working on a movie, everyone is united together to make something yeah. that they're happy with. Like you're all putting in that effort to make sure that, this thing happens. Like, yeah. even if it's, you know, Disney's next big blockbuster or whether it's just some micro-budget movie. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone is always motivated by doing your best to make this happen, you know, and and being together. Like, it's like you have a film family, but you get a 1,000 film families over your lifetime. Yeah. And, like, I love that you know, connection I get to have with people and with so many different people in so many different places. Yeah. Like, you don't really get that in many other jobs.
0: No, you sort of send uh, – I think the, the huge difference is when you work in a television environment and when you're employed full-time, mm. you do know the only same people. And it does become mm. a bit of a family. Like, that – Yeah. I won't disagree that you do – element, but there's, there's not like you're constantly meeting new people and you have this yeah. extended network of just people you can go, hey, I've got this gig. Yeah. Do you want to come and help? Like yeah. there's, I think that's the funnest part about sort of being in the freelancing world, or
1: yeah, you know,
0: sure. is is you're meeting so many different people. Yeah, and um, I think like the other side of the coin, <laughs> the other side of the coin is you, you, know, whether or not you're good at networking. It's just freelancing is a it's a cutthroat world as well. It is yeah. such a cutthroat world, and you know, yeah. as you say, you were saying like you need to be humble. You need to be kind of like honest yeah. and and very you know, very down to earth. I think a lot of people struggle with that um, because they're, you know, very pent up or they've got a lot of issues with, you know, personality clashes. And I yeah. think freelancing is just kind of goes, you've got one spectrum and then you've got the other spectrum and it just cr- yeah. crashes yeah. like um I've definitely had you know seen that experience I've not necessarily had that experience but I've definitely seen it. Yeah. Um you know how do how do you sort of like gauge that whether or not you're going to like get along with someone once <laughs> said or not?
1: I think that's definitely an experiencing which is I am someone who just does not want anyone to think that I hate them <laughs> if that is the case you have to learn to pick your fights. And there are people you could generally be like, you are making my life so difficult. But, you know, you just have to be the bigger person because at the end of the day, you're always going to see them. It is a small industry still. And, like, it's a very chatty industry. So I feel like it's probably not worth the fight, which is also where people's pride gets in the way because, you know, and it's very personal and sometimes it can feel really difficult. But it's, you know, I think just kind of, learning how to manage that kind of juggle between like professional and personal and Mm. not letting things get to you. Because I think actually the biggest thing is people interpreting things as personal when they're not. Like that is usually where I find a lot of the conflicts happen when they actually, not necessarily isn't any, but it's not as bad as you think. Um, for example, on the last show I just did, I had a trainee and she was lovely Like, and she really excelled by that start. You would kind of offer like, hey, like, I think it'd be better if you did this. Just make sure you're always checking this. It's really yeah. important. But at the start, she kind of internalized that as her thinking she was like a failure or that I didn't think highly of her. But we had like a really good chat. Actually, it was like really beneficial for the both of us. And I think it also helped refocus like how she came to work and like what her mindset was Yeah. because then she suddenly like blossomed. Like she went from feeling like really like, like she thought she wasn't being respected, but then once you kind of push that feeling away and go, this is just about work, then the personal can actually thrive. Yeah. Then you're just focusing on doing your job well. And then everyone kind of is happier, so yeah you know, it's just it's just maturity and like trusting that people are not out to get you as I, well
0: I think it's also like um you know that that is very important and it's and a lot of a lot of the time people aren't out to get you it's it's a very rare thing there's a lot of disagreement emails I've had, but it's they generally tend to be down to just. It's, it's never like, oh, you you suck or you did this or you did that. Yeah. It's generally a lot of the time, I say that more to friends when they're annoying um, <laughs> than actually people I want to work with. And I think that one thing that you get is a lot of the time people just go, I don't, you know, like, yeah, I once had an email um, from a gaffer who was lovely, but the way we were writing emails back and forth was just like, we were both asses to each other. And when he, we got both to set, we were just like, you know what? Actually, let's, uh, you know, and he had no first um, best boy or anything like that. And he was like, he just turned to me and goes, hey, can you help me out with the lights? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh, done. Made friends with him. And he was just like, thanks for your help today. It's not as easy as it looks. I, and, you, and I know you were doing your best. Like, don't, yeah. no hard feelings. Yeah, I just wanted to say everyone sounds like an ass in an email and I'm really, you know, like from my end, I'm really sorry. I was like, don't worry, man, I'm sorry too. Like yeah. it's just a bit of a shit when you're not sure what's going on. Yeah. So I think there is an there is an absolute element where it's like you have those emails and you just go, I respect the person because they've actually gone and taken the time to just go, look, <laughs> it's it is a bit of a shit email. Like I'm sorry about that or
1: mm.
0: whatever's happened. And I think – I'm. I'm not one of those people who holds grudges against anyone because at the end of the day, it's just like you. I get excited to work with people. Like yeah. Um. I get, the funny thing is also because of anyone who knows who both of us are. Um. I've still got all the notes of the short film we've you know from in a file. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. And I just look for. And I was thinking. I was talking to. You know, it's one of the things that Claudia and I worked insanely hard on, and a lot of the backstory people have heard. But it, it was down to just a lot of stuff in my personal life was going to absolute shit in the panorama, and the panorama, <laughs> and just just it was just I they, like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's funny to think about, honestly, just like how many things happened.
0: I know it was it was insane, and I think it was just like um, uh, you know, come um, in give you a hundred percent like amazing ability to do for like (laughs) Ignore that problem. (laughs) That was just a rough take. Um, But it was sort of like so much of it was like external and internal to what was going on in my life. And also just a lot of stuff that was going on in terms of work and everything. And I think it was one of those things that because I've still got all the notes, I'm still very proud of what we've made so far. And it's just, it's all been really thought out that I know if we've got all those notes, we can pick it up again and just go exactly where we left off.
1: I'm very excited when that day comes.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm so, And and every time I talk to Chloe, about it we, we both I think that was so, what I love I spoke to Erin recently and mm. plays Alice and she was just like whenever you want to make this I'm down like no one on the who has worked on this project has gone oh you know I, yeah. I don't want to do it anymore they're just like whenever you're ready I'm and there and I'm just like there's an element of just this is what I want to say as well which is when you find people that really believe in something that is fun and beneficial or you know they've gone no I actually want to do this this is there is a difference between I want to say this where you've just gone and said I want to make this thing and it's kind of shit and it's just like you haven't really thought about it and you haven't really discussed it or anything like that and the difference was you know, when you find people that you really... I think when we met, we were kind of like... We instantly had a moment where we were like, okay, we're on the same page. Yeah. And there was a very much an understanding of where both of us were. And then we got both really busy. You started getting a lot of work and disappearing <laughs> that, into the ether.
1: <laughs> that happens. <laughs> I know. It's
0: great. Um, and then every time, like, Claudia and I have tried to work together ever since, you've just been like, well, I'm off on an attitude. I'm just, like, flipping tables at home going, when is she free? I
1: don't know. Um, it's so stupid. I'm free now. <laughs> I, I know.
0: Can I just say, when you sent me the text oh, um, saying, oh, I'm free for the dance syndrome if you still want. I know. I was so sad because I sent it off to Shannon and we were both like, we can't turn around and say to someone else.
1: It was so stupid.
0: Um, yeah. What was the reason behind that story? Like, this doesn't have to get on the record, but what was the reason?
1: <laughs> I was offered a job in Adelaide for yeah. four months. Which at the time I was like, this sounds really good. Like it sounded like it would have been a good project to work on. Yeah. And I do actually really love working when I get to travel. I like visiting new places. Mm. Um but the it essentially came down to money. And yeah. I'm I'm not gonna like <laughs> get into the details, but they just didn't accept my rate after like after like many weeks of me going, this is my rate. And they're like, you're on. And I'm like, okay, this is my rate. And then essentially the one of the people in production pulled a power move and just was like, no. Wow. <laughs> and hired someone else without consulting anyone. So at the end of the day, I'm going to take that as a win for probably skipping out on a yeah. show where I may not have been respected by the production team or at least like. I didn't like the tactics they were using. Yeah. Because I think, you know, again, money, it's a really difficult topic to talk about. But when, especially when you're negotiating as a freelancer, like you got to stand your ground. And also, you need to like hope that the person you're talking to, who does have all that power and money and control and gets to decide how much you're getting paid, like will give you the same respect that you yeah. can at least go like and have a negotiation. But that wasn't given. So, did happen, but I think in the end that was probably for the best. So <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. And I think um, it's, I think the one thing I say, and I, I think you'll love what the dance syndrome uh, video ends up coming out with. And I can't wait to show you that because it's so yeah. cute. It's such a cute video.
1: Yeah, I'm really, I'm really sad it didn't work out between us. But you know, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> like the,
0: the, 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 every time, like there are so many projects that, um, you know, that could happen and also probably will happen and it's just like years from now but I mean also the one thing that I keep saying every time I think it's like it's always interesting because when you gain more skills this is the thing I say about skill level as well hmm. the skills of what I knew back in 2018 to what I know now is very different and as you say like um you're constantly going okay, well, how can I change this? And I think that's kind of the exciting thing. You look back at old ideas that you've had and you go, okay, I can do better than what I was thinking at the time. And sometimes it's good to walk away from an idea and let it, like, um, you know, what do you love about, like, when you sort of have your own ideas or you kind of want to make something? How do you, like, see your progression of, like, evolution or new ideas that you think of?
1: I see actually just, like, my journey is just kind of, like, it's going to sound really pretentious, <laughs> but I actually just think I've become a little bit more refined in what I'm trying to do over the years because and I'm actually I'll reference like a conversation I had recently um yeah. on this movie I was working on this DP who's worked on a lot of big things and I kind of asked him what whether he changed anything after he started seeing the first edits come out like and they're still shooting you know midway through the shoot and he was actually like yeah, I see that I probably should have done less. And like I think that's actually what I also see as well. Like once you go and look back at something you're like, why did I do that? I could have mm. actually used a little less effort or analyzed less and just let the art speak for itself or you know, minimized because you kind of see all the fluff you were doing. And you can yeah. kind of, like and that's like the point of the edit, you know, you you do all this work, and you're like, "I have to do the most to make it the best and then you you see it back in front of you, and you might even see it three years back, and you're like this is this is a lot, yeah, <laughs> and it just turns out a bit messy, so I think like now, if I think of something, it's always like, you know what can I do to make this very like intended and not look like I'm just trying to think of the most and be like maximalist almost, yeah, you know,
0: I think." I don't. I. I definitely with your sort of like thought process as well. I think that's something that I also notice within within edits, ed as well. Because it's just kind of one of the things that I, everything I've done, mm-hmm. and I look back and go, "Oh, why did I edit something that way?" Or as you know, you just you just look back at it and you go, um, "You just yeah." It's it's funny because you refine everything. Mm-hmm. I think actually, like you know, credit to credit, um, COVID is like the best thing that happened um in it, it, it is it sounds like a bleak prospect but it is um because i was stuck at home and for me it taught me a heap about audio and what works about audio and some audio was something i didn't fully understand yeah. as an editor yeah now i understand it a hell of a lot better and it makes me appreciate every sequence yeah. that happens yeah. and one thing i now know is going back into, like, say, a short film, I'd have a much deeper respect for how we utilize scenes and how we utilize everything. Because it's to be, a, to be this sort of, like, head of a directing source or head of a producing source, you've got to understand the fundamentals of what makes departments work and what, what they need and what they mm-hmm. require. Mm-hmm. And I think that's this is the thing that I think is very underutilized. A lot of heads don't understand what the individual cogs do Mm-hmm. And that bothers me. Like, mm. say, um, you know, people just go, Oh, I don't know what a, you know, I don't know what a data angler does, <laughs> or I don't know what a, like, and it's like, well, they're beneficial yeah. to making sure all your files and frames and everything, yeah. go, and the metadata is there. And then it's the same as, Oh, what's a first AC? We can get rid of them. Or what's a best boy? We can get rid of them. And it's just like, you're cutting costs on things that you actually, Need, yeah, for and you sure. like, Oh, a gaffer, we don't need them. You can just get anyone holding up a light and lighting. I was like, Well, no, they're trained, yeah. Um, how do you feel about like when people sort of see that as like a you know, a first AC or a second AC when you're doing stuff like that, or even like you know, when you're trying to camera operate it?
1: Honestly, uh, when people kind of speak like that, I just think they're actually inexperienced, yeah. The best people usually know what everyone does on set. And this goes like even there are you know DPs who have done really well and they've never assisted; they've just gone straight to DPing. Yeah. Um, which is like power to them, but you can definitely tell the difference. Not saying like they're not as good at shooting, but when you're a head of department, you need to know how to manage that department. And if you're not quite sure what those people do, then how can you manage the department? Yeah. So that like you can always tell when there are people who have just like gone through the system, they stepped up organically, you know, now that now they're the boss, but they also know what you're doing. Even when I, so I worked on, um, a TV show coming out soonish called Royal Flying Doctor Service in Broken Hill. (laughs) I was there for four months, but the DP on that, is amazing like just such a legend in the industry he's been working like he's in his 50s he's been working since in it since he was 20 so he went from an assistant all the way up to a dp now and he called me out on things like in a really good way like he taught me how to second better wow which is great like i genuinely think like that job made me better at my at my job because he was like, I really like it if you do this, like yeah. there should always be someone doing this. Um, and you know, it's good. It's good when someone can kind of, you know that they're at the top of the game and they've done all that hard work and they've had those years of experience and they can pass down that knowledge to you. So it's like really beneficial. And also you kind of trust when they tell everyone to do something, even if it might seem a bit like, you know, spur of the moment you know that they're, they've they got you, mm. that they are very aware of what everyone is doing. And I don't think you quite get that with people who haven't, you know, stepped up organically. Um, at least that's what I'm saying. Maybe like camera and lighting and those yeah. kind of technical roles. But, you know, and again, like even when you're a director, um, wherever you come from, because directors come from many strange places. Yeah, they really do. But, you know, the... Best directors have years of experience and they know what everyone does. Like, like there's a lot of fresh directors who I really appreciate who come up and they're like, "What are you doing? Like, tell me what's going on." And yeah. they're, they're trying to like learn from everyone as well, which I think also just shows like a lot of humility. Like, it's kind of nice when they're attempting to to see how it all works. And they're not just being stuck in their little actor bubbles <laughs> because yeah. then I don't think you're willing to learn as much. So. Yeah, as far as like people who think that everyone is unnecessary, silly, don't I, like him, don't I, respect him. I,
0: I think it's like yeah, there's a there's an element of as you say with directors and everyone just coming from very different, um, various spots. But yeah, there's kind of like also I feel like. The problem the industry also creates, especially the independent world, is everyone feels like they need to be like multiple roles and they need to be like this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. And that's a detriment <laughs> to, to points because you don't do the full job like that you could be doing. Yeah. So a lot of the time when... um And jobs get, this is why I'm very anti combining jobs and doing this stuff. Because things get missed. Yeah. Things get massively missed. And I worked with a first AD recently who is one of my favorite people now in in the whole world. She is amazing. (laughs) And she taught me things that I didn't know. And I respect her instantly for it because she was just like, have you thought of this? Have you thought of this? Have you thought of this? And and I was like, oh, no, I've thought of none of these things. And she was like, well, here's the list of information that you need. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you. Yeah. Just let me pile this into like reading and researching. And I think when I worked with her on set, she was one of the the nicest people because one, she was just like, we are on the same page. Mm-hmm. We're doing everything we can. We've planned it all. We've, we're on top of everything. She's checked all the things that she needs to check. I've checked all the things I needed to check. And then we just worked throughout the day and we did our roles. Yeah. And one thing that often people kind of like go when you're on set as a producer or anything, is like, what do you actually do? Well, <laughs> of the time when you get to set, you don't do much. You're just kind of looking after the everyone and making sure it all runs yeah. smoothly and no one has any complaints. <laughs> um, but all the pre-stuff, you are organizing like calm, you know, mm-hmm. places. You're mm-hmm. sending off like and You know, you're checking um, everyone's uh, payments prior to the, sending invoices. You're checking everything like that. And then you get to the end of the day and you just want to cry. Uh, <laughs> it's so true. But um, I think, yeah, it's it's one of those experiences where you've got to go to a set. You've got to meet everyone. And also, mm-hmm. be up front. Be up front yeah. when you don't know something. Don't yeah. pretend. This is the thing that...
1: Such an important lesson yeah, to
0: learn. It's like... You know, if if anyone goes, I don't know something, don't pretend. Never, mm-hmm. ever fucking pretend. I literally
1: you. just worked with a friend and she'd been working with someone else yeah. Um. recently. And I remember exact words she just said. And she was working with like a freshie, but she literally was just like, oh, I should have called her out on it before. But I didn't think it was like, I couldn't yeah. be bothered because I didn't want to be like an asshole. But, you know she wouldn't admit she didn't know something and it was really annoying. (laughs) And it makes you look really arrogant when you're like, I know everything. Yeah. And it's like such a bad look. Like, And she literally said, I have so much more respect for someone as if they come up to me and say, I don't know how to do this, can you show me?
0: Mm.
1: Because it's so honest and it's so easy to do, but we're so full of pride. (laughs) We Mm. hate to be told that we're wrong or that we can't do something. Again, we take it personally. It's just about letting that that go. Yeah. Just being like, I'm in the dark here. Yeah.
0: And and I think it's also like, you know, if you make a... This is also the thing. When someone makes a mistake in an email and someone calls them out or whatever you've written, it's good to learn from those experiences. As you say, it's just good to be like, oh, I shouldn't have phrased something like that. Oh, I shouldn't have written it like that. Oh, I shouldn't have like... um, I think... Yeah, especially, like this is the thing, a lot of the topics that become on TV and short films are very politically, as as society calls them, politically correct. (laughs) Um, I think they're just politically charged, Um, which I think nowadays because, you know, got so many topics about, you know, identities and what what matters and there's so many varying opinions out there in the world. And a lot of the people, this is the divide. There's a really interesting divide in the industry where some people are very for... Um, you know, identities and where you sit on like, you know, wherever in the sexuality spectrum, or you know, uh, it's interesting that people in the industry are also very like bigoted <laughs> and and very close minded Because I've met them, and I think I think like now that I'm almost thirty, I've just gone fuck it <laughs> to a lot of it. Yeah. But there was a d- I remember especially when we first met. I was, like, even though I was comfortable a bit with who I am versus now, Mm -hmm. very different. Like, I dress exactly how I want. I don't give a flying fuck about what anyone thinks. But there was a definite element of, um, I think I'd just come out when I met you. And it was, like, a few months after I'd sort of, like, come out or at least a year. And that was a very kind of, like... Uh I don't want everyone to know about this. I don't want everyone to be comfortable yeah. with this conversation. Yeah. And be in a society where it was like the film industry. Because it was hard enough being like anyone in this industry, let alone anyone of um, you know, who was either identifying in the queer um community yeah. or like yeah. Like, how have you found that? Because I know you talk about that as a fair amount in your
1: socials. I have so many opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about this for a long time. I mean, and like- I'm a straight white girl. You yeah. know, I'm, and I find there's also still there's a lot of pushback on women that I don't think people recognize. Like, yeah, they say camera has fifty fifty representation, and I'm like fifty fifty for like white girls. Yeah, you know, it, and we're still mostly. Assistance. Yes. In terms of operators and DPs, it's not 50-50. No. So what are your metrics of equality? You know? And I actually had something recently where I was working with someone and like, you know, it was first time working with them. And after a while, they were like, I'm actually non binary. I was like, okay, like, yeah. What And I kind of was a little sad because I didn't really know, you know, I'm also just like a little lackey in the, in the system, I'm not making the big decisions, but there's nothing really for people to feel comfortable with one saying like, Hey, I prefer they, them pronouns, for example. And no, no one is going to like, I don't know. There isn't really like that being made normal yet. Yeah. And you need that to come from the top. You need people in the top to be like, hey, everyone, like, does everyone want to introduce themselves with their preferred pronouns? Plus, there actually are a bunch of pretty bigoted people, you know, around. And I don't think that's like just the film industry. It's like just in all walks of life. Like, it's actually, to a lot of older people, I think it's still quite a very new, weird thing that they're not really on board with. And I think they preferred to not be known as someone who uses they them pronouns mm. um, because they didn't want to deal with someone like invalidating them or having a go at them or like demanding they tell them why they thought that way because that's yeah. probably what would have happened Yeah, or people still wouldn't have used the correct pronouns so they were just like i'm okay with this situation i'm like you shouldn't be that's actually really not okay yeah but that's just what Like, I don't know what the solution is. And I spoke to a few people and, you know, it's like, there isn't really one. And it's Mm. just kind of sad that that's the, that's what we're looking at right now.
0: Yeah, I think it's also like, um, I think one of the things that I sort of, I remember when um, we were sort of chatting is like, every time I sort of, I know a lot of, I grew up with a lot of girls, female friends. And I remember like, they were all interested in tech or a lot of the things that I prefer is like, you know, working with um, female DPs and all that stuff. And just because I want to change that industry kind of like standpoint of who's in charge and what kind of like equality. But I remember I hate that feeling that you have to tick boxes. Yeah. And it just – but there is an element of it to make this society change. Yeah. You have to kind of like weirdly and uncomfortably yeah. tick these boxes. Yeah. Um
1: you do and it's i don't even know if it's the best solution yeah and there's a part of me and i've actually spoken to other you know fellow ladies about this where <laughs> sometimes you find out you are someone who's been there because you've ticked the box yeah and it's i hate that feeling like i hate it when i'm like my face is used to promote like gender equality on yeah. on instagram posts by, you know, groups that are have been male dominated and still promote like like kind of crappy ideas of of the world. And it's like, I'm not here to be your your mouthpiece to prove that you're not yeah. actually sexist. Like, and especially when they're like, oh, we gotta hire more women. You're a woman. <laughs> and it's like, I don't wanna be here because you because you want a lady. Yeah. Especially when you're still only hiring like women in lower positions. Yeah. Not actually in positions where it matters. Like yeah. so and again, this is still a conversation about white women in the film industry. Like in terms of representation for people who aren't white or even who aren't straight. Like it's not even a discussion. And I've noticed specifically in Australia, people do not want to have a discussion on race or racial equality or racial representation. No, And I actually think it's worse than the States in terms of like the people working in the film industry. It is very white. It is very Eastern suburbs. It is very North Shore. I'm the weird one from going to a public school. You know, it's, yeah. it's incredibly difficult to get in if you're one, not already. Like in a family, in the know, like, and most of these people are quite well off, like from generations of people who are well off. Yeah. And then sometimes like they'll be like, oh, let's get, let's get um someone in from like, and they'll literally have like an attachment thing that's like get someone from bankstown <laughs> you know? like, that's literally a thing screen australia promotes but they'll get a trainee they're like we'll find someone from the outer west yeah and it's like man that's how dire this situation is right now
0: i think yeah it just kind of makes me it, it grinds my gears a little bit and i don't yeah there's there's very much like you you know you work and there's an element we have to do ticking boxes. I feel disgusting when I ever have to kind of like tick boxes because yeah. there is an element of like not controlled by you, it's controlled by other factors mm-hmm. and these ticking boxes you have to align with to make these other people who are external to you mm-hmm. happy mm-hmm. and there's a great um there's a great conversation I had at work where I was like, are any of the members of the board um of different colors or different ethnicities yeah. and no. he you know one of my managers was like Probably not. Yeah. And uh, I was like, is that ever going to change? And I was like, probably not. Yeah. Um, You know, yeah. one of those one of those conversations that you don't ever want to have, but you kind of just like a, a, lead, a lead brick just kind of goes, well, that's a yeah. shitty situation. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it happens so much. And I just th- – I feel – this is the thing as well. I have this conversation with my partner all the time, and she and I will often have this kind of like debate about where we feel – society is going wrong with all these, you know, members of, you know, and there's so many shows we watch where we just go, we want this to be reality because the reality is so fucked in comparison. And that is like, yeah, identity, um, racial equality, Mm -hmm. and just equality in general is such a far thing from feeling real sometimes because it's it still bothers me to this day or or it's like society – um, you know, we went up to I went up to the Central Coast mm-hmm. and went into a shop the other day, and it baffled me. Like, I was trying on clothes. My partner was sitting down. She was just, you know, just being ignored. And the lady of the shop just came up to her and said, "Oh, how do you think he looks? How do you?" And she was like, "Oh, um, oh, fine." Like, and. And she was like, I don't care what he wears, like as long as he's happy, like kind of mentality. And she she wouldn't ask me. And in the Central Coast, it's normally assumed that the woman dresses the man because the man yeah. doesn't know how to dress. Yeah. And just the mentality yeah. of where you put women in society or you put anyone in society is just fucking appalling yep. that we have these pockets of Sydney or Greater Sydney or even anywhere that still treat people like you know and the, um i think it goes to the also like you know the um you know the the racist comments that we hear all the time about you know um you know but then everyone of different this is the funny other side of the coin is anyone of different you know religious beliefs or or, or like different ethnicities will then suddenly hate on someone else <laughs> for various different reasons and i just go hang on where are we going wrong why are we not all living in this harmony of just everyone be who they want to be rather yeah. than this just you know people protesting and going, "Oh, fuck yeah. everyone else
1: I mean, look not to be reductionist, but I think a lot of <laughs> a lot of it is just scapegoating for yeah, issues I've... that are caused by the government, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but also this is something you could talk about for hours and hours and hours with you know no solution no, i know <laughs> it and i think I think
0: as you say, it is very much the government's problem, and mm. it's you know like the Black Lives Matter protest mm. was almost. Completely shut down by the government. Yeah. And, you know, they were protecting, you know, like, fucking white statues in the middle of Hyde Park. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, yeah, that promoted slavery or shit yeah. like that. Like, what the fuck, Australia? Um, yeah. And then also just a oh, fucking PM who's a fucking arsehole. <laughs> I just-
1: don't think... It's funny how many white Australians do not think that we are a racist country when we were built on colonialism, like many others. It's really funny to think that we're still this, like, happy-go-lucky, larrikinesque esque yeah. type country that's, like, you know, built on freedom and, like, our own kind of weird patriotic strangeness that's, like, permeated our culture when it's just not true. Like, yeah. we absolutely love... Being told what to do, <laughs> you know, we're suckers for law enforcement, and it—it it actually is quite shocking for such a one of the most multicultural countries in the world that we're we're actually quite a segregated society. Yeah, you know, and even now, like we're speaking, is like two fairly well wh- off uh, in a West way white twenty somethings, like yeah, and
0: it—it's—it's. It's- this is the thing that I often say, and one of my friends, um, she is of um, Serbian descent, and I asked her, "Have you encountered any kind of like problematic stuff growing growing up?" And she was like, "No, no," <laughs> yeah. and, and 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 but one of my other friends, who's from Italian descent, has yeah, and th- and there's no kind of like whether or not everyone's going to experience the same thing but there is a very much a like because of our position as Mm -hmm. two white people we are very fine and and it's you know and the thing i often say is i'm in a more privileged position than even you because i'm from a person perspective that i will never get mistreated in any capacity Mm. because i am a man yes or you know what society generalizes and that to me just baffles the fuck out of me um because i grew up with a mother who was so clearly independent yeah and um and that's just been my mentality to always kind of go and strive to meet people who were very fiercely independent that they don't rely heavily on others Mm -hmm. to be like need them to tell them what to do but there's so many people out there who just fall into that category yeah drives me out the fuck <laughs>
1: But,
0: yeah, as you say, we could talk about this for days. Um, it's Yeah, th- it's a very interesting debate. I don't think, as you say, it will be solved in our lifetime. No. <laughs> no. We'll be long dead before that. <laughs> um, but, no, I think, is that something you also want to, like, over the course of your career change in the industry? Is that something you want a trajectory change, like how people are treated?
1: For sure. Absolutely. I think about it now. Like, what? I think everyone needs to go, what can I do to make the workplace safer for people? Which, you know, even like the person directly, like I'm a second, there are first ACs who, they hire us. Like, even the way you hire people could be done better. And like, it it really, it starts with yourself to kind of admit where, you could do better, what yeah. like what are some things you can do to make people, you know, be more accepting of others? Like and again, it's like even just if someone makes like a bad joke just going, Hey, that's not cool, man. Like Yeah. And I think everyone could do that kind of introspection. Um yeah. I it it really starts with people, I think. And I I think it is getting better though. Yeah. Now, even I mean I've only been in the industry for like 4 years now, but people told me like even 10 years ago wasn't like the way it is now. You know, it the amount of even just again, just white women in the industry has like doubled. Like Yeah. The Me Too thing really did actually pick up the pace a lot. I think in representation in the film industry. So I think there's like definitely good things happening. It's just slow and frustrating, and there's still kind of, you know, you're going backwards before you're going forwards a lot of the time. But you know, it's it's yeah. getting there.
0: It's it's like I think also with with your mentality as well, and you're you have a very politically charged social media presence as well, which I, <laughs> I, <laughs> you do. Um if it's not with uh, you know photos of the boyfriend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> called out. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's so called out. Um but I mean like you've always been very much uh, a politically charged person as well. And yeah. I think that's been quite a beneficial thing to make you stand out. Yeah. I think from the you know a stand out from the crowd kind of situation because yeah it's it's very difficult to kind of just there's a lot of people who just don't think of these things, yeah they which I think you know, and when you point them straight out to them, they just go, oh, oh <laughs> yeah. what's uh what's going on um yeah, I mean, like we you know because you've been doing like ACing and stuff for so long, is it is, do you find like it's just you the ace the two a c s are both women now, or like or is it like very rare to, yeah. It's sort of like the underling is the the girl occasionally, and the the first AC is a guy, and the DP is a guy mostly. Or is it kind of just a bit all over the shop?
1: Really depends on the type of job. Yeah. Here's the here's the facts.
0: Here's the good old the, facts. The
1: more budget the movie has, the more guys there are.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: Still on the big ones, mostly well, guys. Wow. And maybe this is coincidence. I'm not trying to say any conspiracy here, yeah. but I have noticed this. I still think at the end of the day, it's always just that little bit harder for women to climb the ladder. Uh, like on low budget ones, you'll find like 90% women yeah. across the board. And then suddenly you get to the blockbusters and it goes back to all the guys and you're like, hmm, why the way this is happening. So, again, it's like a bit of a a money gap going on mm. that, you know, intentionally or unintentionally, I think it's still there. So, but, you know, I mean, one of the people who hires me the most is a, is a woman. She's great. I work with her quite a bit. But then you kind of get to commercial world and I'm like the only girl <laughs> for the most part. And they still will be hiring mostly guys, which are a very type of, surfer type breed person, you know, it's, and this is where that personal kind of comes in because you're hiring your friends for the most part. And like, not that in isolation, it's not necessarily bad that a guy wants to hang out with his, his fellow guy. (laughs) Like, Mm. you know, I have more female friends than guy friends. Like that's not inherently bad. But when you bring that into your hiring practices and so that I talked about before, that's when that problem starts because you just have a bunch of like a group of friends who are all guys all hiring each other in almost like monopolizing a market. Yeah. But they're not necessarily like doing anything inherently bad. Yeah. It's just something that has happened because they're not thinking, I'm at a job that requires me to go I need to make sure my hiring practices are inclusive. Yeah. They're just having a really nice time <laughs> with that <their> pals.
0: <laughs> I know. And and then at the end of the day is also like um you know when you're on a set where you don't know everyone mm-hmm. or you know some people it's it's I prefer those environments better. Mm-hmm. Especially with like um you know it it is a little bit of a a jarring experience to you know come into a film set, but like the boy, you know, the, the, I'm never into that kind of bro, bro. Yeah. Um. It it cringes me to the nth degree. But yeah, I do see a lot of that in like hiring. Um. You know, tactics, and everyone's talking about. There's a real mentality with all of it, mm-hmm. where you sort of go with with hiring, as you say or just even in the independent indie world where, you know, you're doing first-time shoots and then underpaid and or unpaid or anything. Yeah. I worked on a really shocker one recently Yeah, for a friend. And I didn't hate how she tried to do it, but I didn't understand why she was trying to cut corners on things that really shouldn't have been cutting corners on. Mm-hmm. And I, um, yeah, it was just one of those mentalities. Where it was just she didn't respect if, if you didn't just think about other things that kind of meant to be thought about, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking like, these all people know each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone yeah. in this group, and I was thinking because I don't know anyone, where's the respect that I should be getting that yeah. I also get? And that's a that's as yeah. you say, the respect just kind of goes. My friends are here, don't know these people, and I will go and ignore them and deal do my own thing. And that's the mentality that I hate. And I, we ended up not getting fed for one of the days. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Classic indie shoot. Uh, uh-huh. And the other days it was just like, you know we were fed for and both shoots went over time like both days went over time and i was like you need to feed people like yeah absolutely just it's a necessity if we're working at 7 p.m at night there's got to be food yeah like just snacks or something to keep people going like anything Mm. um and there was no thought about that there was no thought about anything like that and she was just trying to do it everything on a micro budget of zero dollars and i was like that is so hard, yeah. You need to put like five hundred dollars or at least a grand up aside for food, yeah, and thoughts. And it's like, kind just, of like the minimum yeah. you need to be able to do. I know, but some people <laughs> think they can make it on a like bucket of nothing, and yeah. um, I don't, I don't know if that's film school or theater. No, these people came back from the background of theater, and I don't object to people in theater, not, you know, not understanding everything about film, but I do object to people not having any sympathy. Yeah. or understanding of people's needs and wants mm. on set mm. and what is fair and valid. Yeah. Because – and it goes to the mentality of what's your thought of, ever you know, everyone being paid and or no one being paid? Because that is also – I I am very much of – if you pay someone, you're paying everyone. If you pay no one, you're paying no one. Like, that's – you know, or – you do – you do. it used to be I was okay with kind of like doing, you know, dodgy deals and, you know, yeah. stuff, but I don't feel – the older I've gotten, the less I'm comfortable with that mentality and some people still think that's fine. Yeah. It's a very kind of foreign concept to me now. Mm. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, it kind of really depends. I think you've got to take every single, like, let's say, like indie production, like – individually yeah, and see because you have to be doing something for free for a reason. Yeah. And whether that's because you really like the idea, the person, you know, or again, like a lot of people just need to get experience. So doing these kind of shoots is the best way to get experience because it kind of, you're not getting paid, but you probably have a little bit more creative control to do whatever you want and experiment yourself so, like, there's, like, a lot of things that are good in that. I think you ha- it's really hard to say because there's a lot of people who want to make things, but it always requires money. Yeah. And, again, a lot of people who don't have a lot of money, but they want to make stuff. And then at the same time, there's a lot of people want to make stuff because they just want to be at the top. like that. They- like, yeah. they have this vision of being, like, you know, some director celebrity kind of thing. Yeah. So there's every single person is different and you kind of have to evaluate who's in it for the right reasons because there are people who are doing it, let's say, like maybe selfishly because they want to do it for themselves yeah. and they don't see that group effort. But obviously, I mean, <laughs> feed people. <laughs> like, feed people. Yeah, what, I know. You have to look after people even if you can't do do it in a monetary way. Like, you have to make sure that everyone at least feels respected, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, it's a bit of give and take, I think. And, again, I think whenever money's involved, it always gets very complicated. Yeah. I don't know if I really have thought, like, it's a really difficult one. Yeah. You know? It's, it, I, it, it kind of really is up to how much you're willing to do for free and how much time you have. and
0: Yeah. And I, how much you believe I think in it.
1: Yeah. That's such a, like a personal thing for people.
0: Yeah. It's
1: a learning experience too, maybe.
0: Yeah, that's true. And I think it's, I think that that's, that's something that comes with age as well. And just, and just being on the both ends of the kind of, you know, there's a lot of empathy that has to come from it, which is, I think a growing, some people, you know, will have these situations happen to them, and they'll have no empathy for the other side because it only affects them. And whenever it affects them, they'll feel hard buttoned by. Mm. But there's a lot of people who also have huge amounts of empathy yeah. and understand that everyone's time is valid. Yeah. Everyone, you know, don't waste people's time. Make sure everyone, you know, like um, is you know whether you're not doing something for free or paid or anything, give everyone the the time that. Is a hundred percent like mm-hmm. give it give it all because I always think it, this goes back to a very sort of like mentality that I have now, which is everything's kind of like a relationship. You've just got to give it your all yeah. in that moment yeah. because if you give it your half, the product's not gonna come out or the it's gonna just seem a bit shit. Yeah. Um. And yeah, as you say, back to the beginning where it's mm-hmm. just like don't let uh, you, you know it's not always about you personally. It's about how something the situation might be, or what's happening in that current moment, yeah, but it's not a personal attack if something goes completely wrong. It's just like we need to fix this so here's here's what I need you to do. and um I'll, yeah, it's just a yeah, very frustrating lack of empathy, yeah in our industry
1: and here's here's a a little thought for everyone playing along at home. <laughs> say you make a short film, yeah. And I'm I'm the director in this scenario, and I'm my, this is my baby, my project, and I want everyone to work for me and make it make my baby. Also, I hate everyone and I'm rude to everyone, oh. and I don't pay people and I don't give them food, but I want everyone to work really hard to make my baby. Yeah. Now, for example, say this project of mine, after this very awful experience I made for people, does really well, and it, say it gets into like the best the best film festivals i get into sundance now suddenly i've got some clout and i come back but you know what everyone has gone around and going i hate that person don't work for them they suck they made my life hell they were you've just made an enemy of the people you could have potentially hired back plus they've now spoken to every single person in the industry and bad-mouthed you so you can't you can just have to be careful of the way you're treating people because at the end of the day, small industry, everyone talks. You have yeah. to look after others. You have to treat people with people with respect because that comes back to you and people will remember that.
0: Yeah. I think absolutely and it's just it's a scary scary prospect and I think just whenever Whenever you do have volunteers on film sets or you have, you know, um, paid people or whatever, just make sure you're d- – you the one thing is, especially when you're dealing with
1: money, <laughs> especially when you're dealing with money, never – This is why I don't do production. <laughs> I know.
0: Never never put in group emails um, to request things from people. Just always write to people individually that you know require things and check who hasn't done what <laughs> and email them individually. Yeah. Never do it in a group scenario because yeah. – you will ignite a fire that you cannot put out. <laughs> yeah. um, and that is my uh, two cents to that problem. But I mean like... Speaking from personal Yeah. <laughs> so how can you tell? Um, it's not even my personal experience. It's other people who wrote emails for me. <laughs> Just like Jesus. Um, and I think that has become from a lot of like early days mm. of when I've done that mm. and now being in, you know, almost... The other end where I take everything I write in emails very seriously. (laughs) And, and, you know, yeah, vent to your friends about shit that you don't want to say in front of, like, professional environments, you know, just because sometimes it's just good to vent about a shitty situation. For sure. And
1: see, that's the other thing. I think if everyone wants to vent and whinge and bitch, which is, you're right. And you know what? This is why it's important to have friends who are not in the industry. Yeah. Best thing you can do. Don't be friends with industry people. (laughs) I mean, be friends with industry people, but, you know. You know,
0: have friends outside of the fucking industry.
1: Yeah, like don't create a little circle.
0: Like one of my best friends, she is. um, She's never been in the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, I've known her for like eleven years now, and every time I talk to her about a problem, she's just like, "Dear God, I'm so (laughs) don't (laughs) know what." It's like I know. I just need to vent about this stupid situation that I've got. Um, But yeah, she and then she'll vent about her science industry and just being like, "Oh God, the faculty don't understand anything." (laughs) Like, Like, "Dear God," Um, interesting. Yeah, (laughs) it's like, huh, science. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think you've got to have the, as you say, you, you've got to have people outside of this industry because it just feels like you get into this brain gremlin style mm-hmm. of just hatred. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I think it's also, I'm not a, I'm not a not positive person. I like being positive. So when I'm surrounded by negativity, I just want to cry.
1: <laughs> it's
0: just, it's so depressing. And having like had so much negative, um, energy from a lot of people like a few years back. Yeah. It's just something like, I'm very much like, no, nah, if you're going to be negative, it has yeah. to be constructive. Yeah. It can't be just, well, wow, wow. woe is me, but I am privileged position yeah. of power. It's yeah. like, no, it has to be concise. Why are you complaining? And I think the problem I find is personalities don't like discussions. A lot of the people, as we go back to, a lot of people don't like being told they're wrong. Mm-hmm. And that is something that... Yeah. Um,
1: it always comes down to pride.
0: <laughs> it does. And I like... I think, um, uh, you know, it's just it's just a frustrating, like, little, you know, hole of just the industry being like, oh, I don't want to be wrong and I don't want to be, like, ever, um, you know, whatever. But I, I think how do you, is it, how many friends do you have, like, who aren't part of this industry that you would, you know, that I'd are close?
1: actually say the majority of my friends are not in the industry. That's good. It's great. <laughs> um, yeah, like, the main, my main close friends, none of them are in the industry. Wow, it's really nice, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm my boyfriend. is <laughs> he's in the industry, which is actually there's a, a lot of discussions whether you should date in the industry. Currently, it's worked out really well for me, and it's like it's the one person I bitch to about everyone. <laughs> you would never hear those conversations, but it's like that. It has been fine. I can definitely say, though, like it can and has been bad for others because again you just gotta see those people. But maybe you know that's mm. just life. Sometimes you have awkward encounters. But I don't know, it's like kind of funny and this is gonna sound really mean, I realize, but there was someone who like they're older than me by like, you know, 15 years. Yeah. Um and we're definitely like like friends and we definitely work together and I like seeing them and talking to them. But there was a point where I was like, I think I'm okay that I just have like, colleagues who are friends, and I don't think it needs to be more than that. You don't have to be best friends with everyone, you know? Yeah. And I think it's important to establish that <laughs> boundary, because yeah. if someone is employing you and also wants to hang out with you, you know, like, I think that can muddy the waters sometimes. Yeah. Um. And again, this is an industry with no HR, I think it's important to go, okay, like, what is this friendship, like, going to do if something bad happens? Like, you kind of have to be careful a little bit. I mean, there's absolutely people in the industry that I hang out with, like, heaps, and I talk to heaps, like, literally tonight, I'm going to go out with, like, you know, someone in the industry will probably have a great time and talk and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, it's, there's there's still a lot of people who are just like these are people who employ you. Yeah. So, like
0: it comes up. There's
1: in- always going to be that like line where you can't be like I can't bitch to this person. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz they're my employer. And you just have to like keep that in mind and like be happy that like you're friends, but like your colleague friends. And I think yeah. that's okay. <laughs> that's cool.
0: I th- yeah, and I think that, that that is a very blurred line because I've I've definitely have, you know, uh, some of my close friends are part of this industry, so that also made it, makes it a little bit challenging sometimes to vent to people about it and that's Yeah. Um like one of my good friends now work I work uh, with and it's very interesting because we worked together the first time in ages um recently. Mm-hmm. Um this is at my day job. And I remember when I worked with him, I was like, I haven't seen him, f- you know, as a like in person for like probably for so long, but I just had like nothing really to say, like nothing to contribute. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, but when I'm at work, I'm really not that social about telling everyone who I am. Yeah. Because it doesn't really apply to who I am outside yeah. of the job. And that's kind of an interesting thing because I have a very disconnect at my day job than I do in probably, like, my independent stuff. Mm-hmm. And...
1: I'm I'm the same. Yeah. Like, there are definitely people who, you know, you walk on set and they're just, like, immediately, hi, this is my name. Oh, my God, my boyfriend did this on the weekend. Anyway, I'm feeling, like, really confused about this. What do you think? And you're like, ah, I don't know you. I don't want to get involved in <laughs> <Yes>. your drama. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um. And, like, again, nothing wrong with that type of person. They're just really extroverted and friendly. Yeah. But it's, like, I don't want anyone to know anything about me. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's so funny. Like, there are people who I literally would be, like, yeah, we're, like, the really close friends. We only talk about film industry things. Like, yeah. there's someone who I just talk about, like, just stupid camera stuff. And if you listen to us, you know, in our in our conversation, you'd probably have no idea what we were talking about because we're just like, yeah, what about this spigot? Yeah, this one's really cool too. Oh, have you looked at that like new brand on B and H? Like, <laughs> it's like the nerdiest conversation ever. <laughs> it's just so stupid, but you know, it's like it's a different kind of friendship. And oh, yeah, I love that. I love being like <laughs> camera stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, the setting in this new update sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Like, <laughs> All i am is you I'm talking a about- I'm tech nerd. F- girls can be tech nerds. Yeah, <laughs> girls can be. I'm,
0: not, oh, I'm just automatically thinking it was like you just talking about firmware updates and then suddenly just being like, mm, have you got the 4.2.0? And it's like, Jesus. Okay. I,
1: literally this week. Have you seen uh, the Ari LF update, oh the gosh. version 7? Oh, my
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.
1: Finally fixed that bug. It was so annoying. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. I I, I literally spent a week like looking <laughs> up tech stuff and I was like, oh, no one else is going to find this interesting <laughs> except for me and like, two yeah. other people yeah <laughs> um but it's it's true because like yeah there's there, and there are so many conversations that i'm like why would you even give two shit to that <laughs> and that's why i like i i i tell my partner everything but there's a yes. lot of things that she just goes this goes over my head because i don't do this job and i'm like fair <laughs> enough like see do-
1: this is when it's like you're dating someone in the industry and they'll be like this happened on set and you're like oh no way! Tell me everything, and it's just this like, I think <laughs> spiral. But
0: th- I think it's like um, you know, my partner. She works and she works at the ABC, so she does. She is part of the industry, but it's sort of yeah. like in a very different field than yeah. your your boyfriend, who is like a, almost a, 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 the same thing. Yeah, I know So it's kind of like you're... we're
1: we're both technicians. Okay.
0: So just feeding off that is yeah. just like dear God. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I, I'm sort of quite glad that I'm in separate departments to mine.
1: Yeah.
0: She and I can just chat and be like. Like, okay, we can disconnect when we watch like TV and not think about work.
1: Ooh, I have definitely watched, like, we will be watching a show together and we're both at the same time, like, CGI looked weird on that one. <laughs> and we'll literally the same time be like, interesting lens. <laughs> like, the things we notice at like our brains are just wide exactly the same. It's so scary sometimes just when you're watching media and the things we pick up and like you just know that none of our friends would notice and it's just like, oh, my God, we have film rot. Like our brains are rotting. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> this <It> a- <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> or the amount of times we've watched something like we, we love watching like high fantasy shows and high – high science fiction shows Mm. which always have like a lot of um you know cgi and big like action pieces and then you you watch like that was so cool yeah that was great that would have been a shit show to film (laughs) 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 oh that would have sucked that would have taken so long (laughs) yeah both are just talking about how they would have filmed something and how much it would have sucked if we were in that position (laughs)
0: Lord, that's like, that's like me every time I watch it, Watch it like, um, a TV show and I look at transitions and yeah. I just go, dear girl, what did they do? Like how many takes was that? How-? Okay, well, that's when they went from ha- like steady cam to a full jib. That's yeah. the cut between. Yeah. Like,
1: we'll be like, was that a crane yeah. or a ronin? <laughs>
0: yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. Um, th- Yeah, I was watching like I think after I studied, I watched Beetlejuice and I realized how clearly everything was sets. I was like, oh, no, this just ruins my experience of film. Because <laughs> when you only see one side of the room and you're like, well, there's no other side of the room yeah. because that's just all the camera crew and lighting crew, everyone just standing, looking, and there's, like, about ten people on set and just one guy smoking yeah. a cigar yeah. and yeah. just going... My,
1: yeah. my other favourite thing is where would someone be hiding in this room? <laughs> like yeah. someone who's just crashed in the corner somewhere just off frame. Oh, I love that. That's my other favourite thing. I, th- think,
0: I think... um every time i yeah every time i watch a film now it's just it's just that horror story of just like yeah where where would where would like but also um uh my partner she worked in sound and now her favorite things to do is every time she watches a film she's like where's the lapel mic hidden like, yeah. where on their clothes <laughs> yep. is the mic pack and so she'll always just look and i and yeah, I, I do I, that too yeah. <laughs> Just like how is costuming today? Who yeah. where's the continuity errors? Like it's so bad watching shows. I um yeah, I'm showing a currently Doctor Who from two thousand and five mm-hmm. and we're on episode two and I watched it and I got and like I said, Oh, this is made in early two thousand and five, like two thousand and four, and she just goes, Oh, feels it. And every time I see the CGI I'm like
1: Oh yeah. Whoa.
0: Looks so dated, yeah. I, just, I mean,
1: that was a guess before like people were into it again, yeah, yeah, so they yeah. Had, like any money,
0: no. And I think it's like you know, you compare everything to Game of Thrones now, and like, um, Game of Thrones, I literally don't know how it's still going, um, with the prequel series, but you know, th- th- to me, that that is just a you know, money laundering thing, and uh, you know, but also now that Marvel Studios is in Australia, essentially, yeah, um, huge, huge deal, yeah, um. But uh, I can't believe they book Fox Studios. That just amazes me. Um, but, yeah, like, Shang-Chi was filmed here. They're yep. filming, uh, the, I think, about to wrap Thor. They, Go, they're uh, rap
1: in June. Well, my boyfriend was on Thor. Was he? <laughs> yeah, he was on Second Unit.
0: Oh. And has he wrapped his part for it or is he?
1: He went to a different show for Amazon.
0: Ah, uh, okay, cool.
1: But, actually, one thing. He's the industry insider. Yes. Um, as someone who has a lot of friends working on Thor right now, is actually so um if again for the people playing along at home, <laughs> the Mandalorian created something called the Volume Room, yes. which um if you don't know is this giant sound stage that is fitted with all these LED panels. So Essentially, they have a background, a CGI background that's put onto like a thousand LED panels that all match up. So, it looks like a, a single screen. And if you move the camera, the background moves with it. So, it's in tune with the perspective of the camera movement. Um, so, it just looks like you're filming a background. Yeah. Like a, a real-life background in
0: yeah, it's, it's it is. Yeah, it's incredible.
1: It's incredible, but it's a crew killer. Really? There is no need for lighting. Gripping, like you know, all the all the things you'd usually do and film and shoot and wow. all the extra things cuts it down in half, more than half. Like you wow. just don't need a thousand grips, you don't need a thousand lighting guys to because it's done. It's yeah. that's it. It's just the screen.
0: Wow!
1: And now they're gonna do that, you know, for Mando season three. Um, so they did. They used that on Thor. They're using that on the next Mando season, which. I actually, think it's being shot in New Zealand, but they're going to use the same thing, yeah. But yeah, so I was told they're like, Well, I, I'm <laughs> my department's cut in more than half, and uh, I'm just standing here all day doing nothing, Lord. So yeah, it kind of actually isn't great in a way, like it's kind of interesting. I think it's one of the first really big instances that I've seen while working, and I'm like, I'm sure other people like technology yeah eventually does overtake, but this is that first example that I've seen of technology is taking over the work of crew members, yeah, and I'm like, oh God, I wonder what's gonna take over me in like twenty years
0: yeah it's I think it's genius, but I also kind of find it terrifying, and I think that a yeah. lot of um it's like it's like my big complaint about um the zoom f six, which is a if, records 32-bit float audio Mm -hmm. it's the first one of the zoom series to be able to record 32-bit float Mm -hmm. and then I was like instantly they were like oh no need for clipping it could just pull up you know you can pull audio and it won't have a noise floor as bad as anyone else so like this it records 16 and 24-bit and I remember when they said this I was like this is going to train students to not understand what clipping is and distortion and all this yeah. Stupid thing. They're just gonna set their game to zero and then just go wild. Yeah. Um and I th- I think there's just an automatic not understanding yeah. that because all these technology is advancing, people won't learn.
1: I mean, it's funny you say that, because actually in a way that actually has already happened to my job, but I wasn't there for it happening, which was when film went to digital. Mm. And I hear this a lot, and it's a very awkward situation to be in sometimes when you walk into a conversation of a bunch of old, like, you know, yeah. top dogs going loaders just don't have any respect anymore they just don't know the craft and you're just like okay oh, wow. you're talking about me and they're like oh well not you but you know like just don't know how to load film and like the like <laughs> they're just talking about all this kind of stuff and you're just like oh i don't know how to load film <laughs> because the job the role of a second ac has actually changed really drastically yeah and even the focus pool is like The second AC's main role for a really long time was loading film, yeah, because you it was such a labor intensive job, but like that would be the majority of your job. And say you only had like five or ten minutes, and you it's not like it comes up with a little screen that says you got eight minutes left on the cart, it's you have a stopwatch and you are counting how much film is being exposed, like. It was a hard job. And you had to like take it out and like you had to swap everything out in the dark room. Like you're doing it in pitch black. Like wow. it was all movements Because you couldn't take the exposed film.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like you had to do it in the pitch black so nothing got exposed when you put it into a canister. <sighs> you know? And then that's just not a thing anymore. Like I've never worked on a shoot with film um yeah. as a second AC. And my job now is really very little to do with cards. Like I do it, but it's like, okay, 50 minutes on this one terabyte mag, I'll swap that out at lunch and then I'll give it to someone. Yeah. And what, what do I do? I pull it out, I put a new one in, and then I give it to the, the runner to take to post or something. Lord. And it's like, that's very easy.
0: Yeah, 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 comparative.
1: I have a camera, like I know how to put a, put a card in a camera. It's yeah. essentially the same thing. It doesn't matter what kind of camera it is, whether it's a one hundred fifty thousand dollars camera or a five thousand dollars camera. Yeah. It's the same principle. Lord. Um, but you know, now my job is more like it's. I feel like this is where young people kind of come into effect. Is like I think I have this is what I call the the good with phones thing. Yeah. We've grown up on tech, like or at least like my generation has. I. I'm just, you know, I'm the person when people are like, how do I use this feature on Instagram? How do I get this setting on my phone? I don't know how to use my iPhone. Can you help me with this? I know how menus work, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and cameras are the same. They have a menu system. And then I've noticed older people like struggle a lot with this. Like, it's just not as intuitive to them. And I'm like, that no, there it is. I've never used this camera before. That's a setting. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want changed? I know how to do it. I've never used it. <laughs> like, it just, it. I feel like it's just a, we're really good at understanding tech yeah. and what the designers want you to do. Like, because we're just, we're so, so used to it. So that's where, like, my job is, like, I, that's where I'm useful now. It's like, yeah. I'm the tech person. I know how everything works. Don't ask me how, I just do. It's
0: just <laughs> like, like, It's magic. <laughs>
1: We're like, just, yeah, only have to look at babies holding iPads to know, like, we yeah. are very in tune with technology.
0: Yeah, I think it's always a little bit terrifying. <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> I watch, like, every time I see my um, my cousin's daughter, who's, like, nine now, and every time I see her playing with anything, I'm like, dear God, you're <laughs> just, like, so advanced. Yeah. I reckon like-
1: in, like, three generations, there'll be, like, an anti-tech movement or something. Mm,
0: I think it's going to be sooner than that. <laughs> I think there's going to be a point where I'm like, 50 and i'm like "Mm, maybe should people should stop using tech like straight from birth (laughs) like out of the womb here's a tablet go wild yeah um yeah i just i think it's also like bad parenting a little bit (laughs) just to kind of leave a child in front of a screen (laughs) that's just me
1: yeah (laughs) i don't know haven't had kids yeah neither have i but uh, (laughs) i mean
0: when when and if I have kids. I will find that this conversation. Of, but I do know that my parents didn't let me touch technology or plunk me in front of a TV and, you know, just let me go. Yeah. It was very much a, like, later thing. Yeah. And I discovered how much I loved the TV.
1: Yeah. Oh, so good.
0: So much of an interesting <laughs> growing up. But um, I think that's a good point to wrap things there. because um, But, no, thank you so much for joining me. It's actually been a blast.
1: Thanks for having me on. It was it's, great.
0: It's so interesting to listen to you do like a geek out of a tech. I love that. <laughs> um, but no, where can people find you?
1: They can find me on Instagram.com at Claudia Butters. And that's pretty much it. You don't have a website? <laughs> oh, and I have a website. ClaudiaButters.com. <laughs> I- I'm very simple. <laughs> I do headshots as well if anyone's looking to start their career. And... Other cool photos.
0: She does cool photos,
1: and I might have an exhibition at the end of this year. Oh, so really? I might. Still in the works. Still. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: noted. Um, well, if you want to check out more episodes, you can check them out on Apple Podcast and Spotify. But um, yeah, tune in next week for another guest, and I'll speak to you all later. Bye bye.